What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, taking this on a Monday afternoon. The NBA is back, and it's not back for teams who won 20 games, who are very upset that they are not uh, going to have the chance to play basketball um, again for, basically it's going to turn out to be like six, seven, eight, nine months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about the Atlanta Hawks because they're upset that uh, they're not going to play. But when you win exactly one more game, than the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2019, 2020, uh, you don't get to complain. That is my scorching take on bad teams complaining about not being able to play basketball uh, this summer. But Jovan Bua is here. And uh, Jovan, we, we have to parse through the teams that are actually going to be there. The 22 teams that made the cut, which unfortunately includes the Washington Wizards that I'm still already... Um, angry that you're going to make me talk about this team because you want to do the full thing you want to give them the chance with their eight game um season to make it in there the spurs i love getting included just because they have a playoff streak on the line can pop get it out of them be an all-time great story i guess but um yovan first things first how are you i'm doing okay um you know i i think it it most of the time you ask that question and you say you're, you're doing good, you're doing well. Um, it, it's hard to be doing well right now with everything going on. Um, you know, we, we are amid a pandemic. We are amid a NBA list time. And, and then of course, probably most importantly right now, you know, all, all the um, protesting and then just kind of, uh, upheaval of the system right now with, with all the racism and police brutality that's been going on in this country for hundreds of years, not to get political on, on this podcast, but you know, we can't not address that. And you know, there's a lot going on right now. So um, it, it's been, it's been a weird time. It has. And basketball is only going to get weirder. Um, I'm excited for the video package because I think ESPN and Disney can do a really cool opening montage. Is it weird that I've already thought about all the different things they can do to lead us in to the NBA coming back on Disney and the worldwide leader or whatever they call this place? Um, I'm excited. There better be some amazing like seven minute like, you know, kind of like the NBA on NBC stuff where just 
that intro hype where you're like, oh, it's Beck. Like I've already, I'm already excited about just seeing Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Giannis appear on my screen. Just as like, do you miss us? Like it better be something like you met. Like it, that's all I want. I want that uh, that spark of just like it being real. But, oh, we're back! I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird to see. Um, you know, it's it's almost like a reverse lockout, like in a way um, where you know we're, we're used to having guys going into a season, um, you know, kind of out of shape or or just you know with, with this long hiatus, and we wonder what everyone's been doing. Um, and then, you know, at least then, I mean. The, the first lockout, we, we didn't really know because we didn't have social media and it was just kind of, you know, what was being reported and uh, TV and newspapers. But, um, you know, 2011, there was some of that stuff of you, you saw people going, you, you know, Katie going to Rucker Park. And um, that was kind of the boom of like the Drew League and um, just just, you know, guys showing up in random places and, and playing and, and guys kind of collaborating. And, and that was part of that kind of summer circuit that that is picked up over the last decade. Um, now though, it was kind of weird because of, you know, Corona, like it was almost like if you posted something, it could be taken the wrong way that you weren't social distancing or that you weren't taking it seriously. And I, I don't no, think any, like, like Trey Young's out here playing full five on five basketball. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think things have gotten like, I, that was weird. That was freaky. Like I, I, I seeing that I, I saw, I think I put balls life posted it and I was like, Oh, this is like from like last summer or something. Yeah. And then it was like last night. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like I, I couldn't believe it. Um, I mean, I do think things have, have gotten, seems a little better, like not, not to the point where I think that's okay, but at least to the point where like, you know, businesses have reopened uh, across the country in certain States. And like, it is a state by state thing, depending on just how serious they're taking it or, or how bad it's been in that state. But, you know, I, I think going back March, April, when this really was picking up, um, I do think a lot of people just weren't going to post stuff because they didn't want to, you know, have it be misconstrued that they weren't taking it seriously or, you know, that you know people were banned from gyms and stuff. And it was just like, okay, like, well, let's not rock the boat. So I think it's gonna be interesting to see like how guys come out because, like you said, it's going to be four months, um, you know, from one play stop to when it resumes, they're going to have this kind of weird one month training camp, but you're going to have all this testing and things are still going to be weird for the guys. And I think the thing I'm most interested in is, um, like what guys are just going to randomly fall off because we see this every off season where, you know, once you kind of hit your early to mid thirties, especially as a non-star, the fall off is is really you know it's it's random and it's steep and you know you see a guy one year he's a rotation player the next season he's barely hanging on to being in the league and you're about to have I mean this really was like an off season type span in between you know the end of you know the regular season or you know the postponement till when play resumes like it's gonna have been again you know three and a half four months and. I think there's going to be some guys that just fall off and, you know, um, you know, maybe they get it back next season. Um, maybe it's just a temporary thing. I, I, I don't know. I'll stop my head. I, I'd really have to like, look, you always start big. Like I always will assume it's going to be a big more likely than like Jokic coming in out of shape and be guys like that. It just, for whatever reason, it seems like bigs are always the best bet 
for this kind of this kind of award is like who's coming in out of shape it's a big someone who is more likely to spend his time hanging out eating and uh not working out. like like a- aaron baines i don't know Ooh, okay. um sure because he was kind of having like a career year um mm. deandre ayton <laughs> well that, that i think that's a good segue to our the bottom of our rankings yeah um i've already unleashed my scorching hot deandre ayton takes on previous podcasts i don't know what you feel about him but um i think we fan. i feel like we've talked about yeah. him um i th- i think Okay, so we, I I think he's. I love that you're just like taking it back. You're like, okay, he's just gonna flat out just say he sucks. Okay, got it. Uh, I, 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 I think he, I think he is what he is, and, and what I mean by that is like, he's. An, I don't. Th- he's clearly was not. Shouldn't have been the number one pick. Mm. And I, you know, you could even debate if he should have been a top three pick. I do think he has like Andre Drummond potential. Um. And like not that they're know. the same player, they're not the same player, but I just mean like that kind of, you know, if like, if he's in the East, he's like a perennial all-star. If he's in the West, he's a perennial all-star candidate. If he's in the West, he's, you know, sub that, but I think he's going to put up numbers. Like, you know, he, I, this to me seems like a guy that's going to be 18 and nine for the next seven, eight years. And I, I think there is value in that. Like he's, he's probably best suited to me as like a number three, but obviously, with the way Phoenix is set up, he probably has to be a number two, and that's why I'm not that high on Phoenix long term. Yeah, bigs who don't rebound also don't like contact and love mid range elbow jumpers. I'm just, I think I'm out on it. He's in the wrong era, and it's just, it's very strange how much he does not want to bang inside, but he also doesn't want to shoot threes. And everything about his game is, it feels out of place watching the Suns, and I, I don't. I don't recommend it. Um, but yeah, so we are going to do our power rankings of like most likely to win the title. And I have to stress this caveat because one of my contenders, actually my number two, I, I'm not even going to spoil it. I guess I could just kind of do it, but it's going to be different. Like the home field advantage is gone and we've seen different reports of like what teams would like to see inserted to kind of give some sort of home field advantage to teams that were good all season long. But there just isn't no fans. We're going to see what that does. Like where the coaches are in the bench. Like there's all kinds of weird stuff. That's going to make this season and this playoff um, situation very weird. And also how much they're going to play. Like you're looking at the schedule, like how are they going to get all these games in by the timeline that they want to do? And it's like going to be every other day and just, it's going to be weird. Um, I think we still have to treat them as a true champion, but it's, it would not surprise me if it's going to be a little strange and that team's, who we would not have penciled in as a finals team probably can go on this kind of crazy run because of just the elements that uh, are in place for them. Um, all that being said, the Orlando magic will not be in the NBA finals. Uh, they will not be there. They're already getting out in front of Jonathan Isaac and Al Farouk Aminu will not be healthy uh, for the playoffs. So good to good start there. Um, saw that this week. Um, but we're going to do 1 through 22. I'm just going to go ahead and give you my my back two because I refuse to talk about the Suns or the Wizards or the Spurs or the Kings or all these really bad basketball teams that are going to be able to play eight more games um, before their season concludes. But, Jovan, make the case for those uh, final six. Well, so what's funny is my number 22 before we even – started this podcast was the spurs um i'm the just the you know, i think i think 
you you and I have had this conversation before. I, I think like we're we're both we've both been out on the Spurs for a couple of years. I think um, it you know we are a year early. It, it was this season where it, it finally happened. But um, the thing <laughs> this is the gonna be my favorite part of this podcast was that as we started recording. Um, the Spurs announced that LaMarcus Aldridge had a surgical procedure performed on his right shoulder back in April that no one knew about, and he's out for the rest of the season. So Wait, Spurs going into April? tank mode. Um, Did they get rid of all surgeries like that starting in March? I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, okay. Interesting. Well, they, they, they didn't announce it was – actually, yeah, they did. Um, t- uh, Tim McMahon tweeted – it was performed April 24th by the Spurs. So they've known. Yeah. So they've known for uh, basically a month and a half that LaMarcus was going to be out, but they, they decided to announce it on a Monday afternoon. Um, so I, I mean, yeah, the Spurs without LaMarcus Aldridge, it's like, I mean, they might be the worst team actually in the tournament now. Uh, it's debatable, but um, for me, if you want to go quick, like, we, we, we can go to just start at 16 if you want. That, that's fine with me. I'll, I'll go quickly down my list. Um, 22 Spurs, you know, LaMarcus being out confirms it. Uh, 21 Suns. Mm, I just think... The Wizards, uh, you have them better than both of them. Well, yes, because to me, it's, it's just the logistics of the Wizards at least theoretically have a shot to make the playoffs. The Suns and Spurs would have to leapfrog so many teams yeah. um, that it was just like... I basically don't even think they have a shot to make the playoffs where the Wizards, at least in theory, have like a five to 10 percent chance or, or something low like that. So, like, it, it's, I you know, if the, the Suns to me are the best of the three and it might even be by a decent margin, it's just like playing the odds of actually who can make the playoffs. To me, the Suns and Spurs have like no shot. Then it's the Wizards at 20, the Kings at 19. The Magic at 18, just because, again, I think the Kings' odds of making the playoffs are so low. I think the Kings are better than the Magic, but the Magic are probably going to be the 8th seed. Uh, Magic at 18, the Grizzlies at 17, and the Nets at 16 to start off are our, our 1 through 16. Um, so I do have the Pelicans and the Blazers ahead of the Grizzlies. Hmm. That's fair. And it's also with that team, I'm interested to see what happens to the Grizzlies because they're they're all young. First year head coach, Ja, Jaron, like what have all the like what have all the young kids been doing in the last three months? Like the veterans I'm not really worried about. Like you see I mean, James Harden, I'm curious what his diet was for the last three months because the James Harden pictures, you're like, what has been happening there? But I also think he's been working out and just um gearing up for a postseason where he's gonna have to play a lot of basketball and carry a heavy usage rate once again and also westbrook doing the the home workouts in la with the um the beach sand in his backyard with the volleyball stuff like all of russell westbrook's workouts look incredibly difficult and something i would never want to do um i agree with you that the blazers and pelicans should be ahead of the grizzlies i just it's going to be so hard for any of these teams to really make make up that kind of ground um zion's another good candidate of like what has he been up to like the weight stuff like what is his body gonna look like um by the end of july and a lot of these guys have time um to get back in shape they've kind of fallen out of it a little bit but uh the blazers who would you like i guess the other thing too is we we look at like what they actually are as a team but also like who we would like to see lebron and ad play in the first round 
And of those three, who would you prefer <laughs> them go up against? Like, they're not losing to any of those teams, but like everyone would just say automatically, I feel like Zion. But for me, I would be really curious to see what Dame just being so obsessed with playing meaningful basketball to get his team in there and then just be like, you know what? I'm going to go at my friend LeBron. I'm just going to go really, really hard because they're built in a really different way than the way the Lakers are. And CJ and Dame being just undersized guards who just play a different style. And the Lakers are obviously big, heavy and wing heavy. And you're going to have some Rondo on Dame Lillard stuff, which don't think is going to go well. I guess Caruso can get in there, but um, how does Danny Green stay with CJ and do they put LeBron on him? Like, I, I think it'd just be fascinating to see. Um, but of those three, what in your opinion would uh, fascinate you the most in a seven game series with LeBron? I, I think I'm going to go with the cliche pick of the, the Pelicans would be the most interesting just because, I, you know, for me, it's 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 the star power of, of Zion. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think like we've seen I'm actually not a big Blazers guy. Um, I, I've been out on the Blazers for a couple of years. Like I thought this is a whole other conversation, but I, I thought, you know, they had such a fluky Western Conference finals appearance like they I mean, I, I thought if you were ranking um, the the top teams in the West, uh, like th- I would have put Denver in the top five. But I, I thought, you know, th- the other side of the bracket was four of the top five teams in the West. And it, it just kind of happened that, you know, three of the or, you know, uh, you, you know what I'm, I'm getting at? Like, I, I thought the other side of the bracket was a lot harder. That was the, the, the Warriors, the Rockets. Um, and the jazz. And then I, I thought the other side w- was just, you know, a much easier path. Uh, I was, I wasn't high on the thunder either. So um, I, I've never been a big blazers kind of believer. Um, so, but I do agree with you. I think given their pedigree, given they've made the playoffs multiple years, you know, Dame is Dame. He's a top 10 player. LeBron. Um, yeah. You, you got the mellow LeBron storyline. You got, Nurkic and Collins returning. Um, so now that'd be a thing. Is Nurkic coming back? I miss Nurk. Yeah, Nur- Nurkic and Collins. Are, so I think I think the Blazers would give them the best run. I think that's like a five game series, and and yeah. maybe if the if the Blazers get hot, that, that's a six game series. Um, but I, I think the Pelicans, to me, like I'm a sucker for star power. I, I I'm more intrigued by what Zion could be than what the Blazers are like, you know, I, I know the Blazers are going to be a speed bump for the Lakers. So are the Pelicans, but I want to see Zion. I, I want to see Lonzo. I want to see Brandon Ingram. I want to see Drew Holiday. Um, you know, I, I, I just want to see this Pelicans team. I think they're exciting. They're young. Um, they, they have a bright future that, you know, there's a lot of different ways that this team could go in, in the coming years. And they're still kind of figuring out like, who, you know, who's our centerpiece, you know, is it Zion? Is it Zion and Ingram? Um, you know, how do the other pieces fit around them? Like, I just think it'd be fascinating to see that in a playoff series. And I think to your point with the Lakers, like if you are looking at this Lakers team and kind of their one, I I think potential foil, they don't have the best perimeter defense. Um, you know, Danny green has slipped a little bit, um, I, I think Avery Bradley, it, it, you know, is a capable defender, but has kind of been overrated the past few years. And then after that, it, you know, it's like KCP and, um, you know, what's going to happen with like the Caruso versus Rondo, you know, role and minutes. And they just don't have like great 
you know, guard perimeter defense. And I think that is one way they can be exploited. And I think New Orleans and Portland could both do that. And, you know, obviously Dame and CJ, but you look at, um, you know, Drew. Lonzo, non-shooter. Like the way New Orleans is built, it's actually funnels perfectly for the Lakers, I think. Like the Lakers are going to make you play in the half court. And that's where the Pelicans just can't live. They can't do anything in the half court. Like Ingram's made that jump, but like, it's not enough. Like that watching the Pelicans half court versus the Blazers is night and day. Well, no, for sure. And I, I do like, I think, I think I'd, you know, I'd maybe pick the Lakers to sweep the Pelicans. Like maybe the Pelicans get one game, but I, I, I'd probably, it's just like the Pelicans are getting, it's not going to be a Lakers. series, but I, I do Blazers think Drew Holiday, six. I mean, like, I, I think people forget like Drew Holiday has been an afterthought when to me, he still might be the best Pelican. Like I know Brandon Ingram gets all, oh. it was the all-star yeah, like a spicy it, take, sir. Um, Drew Hall, like, you know, Drew Holiday is nothing to scoff at. Like he's yeah. a two way monster. And I think he like the, like the Lakers don't have someone to guard Drew Holiday and Brandon Ingram. And, and that's where I think the Lakers run into some problems, you know, down the road in the playoffs when like they face, like, let's say the Clippers, um, they do not have two good matchups for Kawhi and PG. They don't have really one good matchup for Kawhi or PG. So that's where I think the, the Lake, you know, the, the Lakers are big and, and their size is going to be a problem. Like, in some ways that there are some similarities to those Kobe Powell teams where they just were had a giant front court. The perimeter play wasn't great. I mean, obviously LeBron, like, you know, it depends how you categorize LeBron. Um, I always think of him more of a, as a forward than a point guard, but um, you know, like I, the guard play isn't great uh, on this Lakers team. And I think that's like the one weakness they have that if they do lose, I think it's going to be because of that. Yeah. And I also just think, they have some weird rotation stuff that they have to sort out, but the Blazers know exactly what they are. I think it's kind of weird that they were like one of the league's worst defenses this year, and I think most of that is just losing Nurkic really just upended everything. But also like the amount of baskets that Lillard assisted for Nurkic last year was insane. I think it led the league, and those two just had like the James Harden Capella dynamic just on a grander scale, and they're gonna play veterans. Um, heavy minutes. Like, it's just going to be six or seven veterans. Pelicans have a lot of youth, and youth doesn't win. Um, part of the reason I'm concerned about the the Grizzlies just getting curb stomped by the Lakers. Um, Lillard, McCollum, Ariza, I guess Whiteside's going to play. Like, if they had Rodney Hood, I would be a lot more interested. Um, Anthony Simons is going to be, like, their youngest guy who's going to get some minutes, I would assume. But it's just going to be all vets like they're just going to play a bunch of veterans who know how to play and also know how to play in the half court they shot um their fourth in the league in three-point percentage this year and shoot a lot of threes and uh i don't know i just think that that would be a f- more interesting series to me uh ariza was shooting 40 percent from three before the season ended in uh portland this year they they just portland would be really fun to me and they have a lot to prove and i think i would prefer going down that road but i think the nba would prefer it being Zion versus LeBron, even if the series goes shorter and it's not as competitive. Um, well, I, I think quickly to, to add to your point for a second, I, I, the, for Portland, the, the biggest drop for me was just going from Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless to, I mean, now, now, Ariza's you know, they have Trevor Ariza, but, but, but that, that was a late addition. Like, yeah. I, I think the thing was they went from having two of the better, rangier wing defenders in the league to having literally no 
Like, like to me, they had maybe the worst small forward group in the league. They're yeah. in that conversation, and at least defensively. And then you add Carmelo Anthony, and obviously it doesn't get better. So um, that to me, like you know, Ariza has been you know just as good as uh, if you want to say just as good as Harkless or Aminu. But like this team still is a weird perimeter group where like I mean that that's why to me like again separate conversation but like dame and cj probably have to be split up it, it's hard to win with two small guards when neither one is is you know much of a defender um it puts so much pressure on your front court and i think you've kind of seen that with them but in a seven game series like you know this team could push i think they could easily win one game but even two potentially if they're clicking offensively because we've seen what they can do offensively and you get back Nurkic and, and collins that's it's pretty good yeah and I just think they'll feast on the Lakers uh, guards. I, I really do. Um, my number 16, least likely. We're going to go 16 to 1 of contenders from not for, for contenders. My number 16, least likely of the playoff teams to uh, win the NBA championship this year is uh, the Orlando Magic. Do you have any thoughts on the Orlando Magic other than that they're going to be a pain in the ass? Like they're going to be. They're not gonna get that one game where like DJ Augustine had his moment in the sun where he hit the the just the awesome shot and like people are like oh could the Raptors go down to the Magic is it still same old Raptors um, obviously not they won the title but I uh, I am kind of interested in watching Markel Fultz in playoff basketball I want to see it I want to see what this looks like I want to see also Giannis and this Bucks defense just make the magic score 65 points in a playoff game in 2020 that is something that i'm very fascinated to see too like what how low can they keep it because this offense stinks and angry Giannis and friends i wonder how low of a scoring margin the uh the bucks can hold the magic that's my favorite subplot of that series uh to, to your point, if, if they can have a moment, no. Um, I, I think the Bucks are going to destroy them. They would probably put the average margin of victory somewhere in like the 18 to 20 point range. Um, I, I think um, – I do think – and again, we'll, we'll get into this later in the rankings. I, I do think losing home court is going to affect the Bucks, but I do not think that's going to – happen against the magic um I, I think that would be a bloodbath similar to maybe not as bad but but similar to the detroit series uh last season and there's some interesting other like off the court stuff where like john hammond came from milwaukee he's down there in uh orlando now trying to build milwaukee 2.0 with length and defense but he does not have his Giannis, so it turns out it's a lot harder to do that when you do not have uh a Giannis Antetokounmpo sitting there but um yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, I wish Jonathan Isaac was playing because he's like my favorite player on that team. And I still just am fascinated by what he actually can be um, in this league because I still am very high on Isaac if he can stay healthy and they can put the ball in his hands more often. Uh, but yeah, they are my least likely uh, team. Um, so we agree there. Who is your 15? Do you have someone in the East above your eight-seeded uh, Pelicans? Yeah, so so my my ranking actually was I had the Magic at eighteen, because um, I, I have uh, just because I I think I, again like I said I, I think it's gonna be a bloodbath. So e- you know even though I think they're gonna make the playoffs most likely as the eight seed, like I just think their chance of beating the Bucks is like 
one percent maybe yeah. and i would say um, so a better chance just or at least getting a game just because beal will have one game where he'll drop 45 I, and maybe swing a game maybe i i agree with that i just think the wizards odds of making the, of making up the four game deficit and then also winning two games against the magic like that the, the odds are stacked against them um so i i had magic at 18 grizzlies at 17 uh, i had nets at 16 so um mm. and then i uh Pel- pelicans 14 blazers 15 so that's kind of my bottom of the the playoff picture i do think the grizzlies are more likely to make the playoffs than the pelicans or the trailblazers um just with, with the way that the system is set up but i, I do think the Pel- pelicans and blazers have a shot with, with their most likely schedule i do think if it got down to it and they're playing the Grizzlies in a best of two, either one could pull it off. You know, I do think on paper, both teams are better than Memphis. Like you said earlier, Memphis is very young. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of handle this pressure. Um, And I would again say like, I think both of those teams have a shot to win a game and then maybe even the Blazers, a a couple in, in the best case scenario. Whereas the Grizzlies, I think if they end up making the playoffs, play the Lakers, they'll be swept. That'll probably be a, a bloodbath. Like maybe they have one game in Memphis where, you know, Ja has a big game. It's close. It goes down to the wire. But um, I, I do think, you know, a young team exceeding expectations to that extent, almost no playoff experience, um, you know, not a lot of veterans to rely on. I, I just like think that. Like, the, yeah, like the, LeBron just being tasked with LeBron and AD being on the court for 40 plus minutes a night. Like I just. I think oh, hold on, you, I, I just caught myself. I said a game in Memphis I heard that, that I goes down to the wire. <laughs> hey, I'm still, I'm still. I mean, maybe that's brain. their only chance. Is like they just have to write a. <laughs> they fly to Memphis. And... Yeah, they're like, hey guys, um, I understand the bubble stuff, but the only, we only have a chance in Grind City. That's it. Like you got to give us one there. Can we do a bubble in Grind City just one day? And they basically like, no, you're getting curb stomped. Yeah, no, I could see just a, a massacre with the Grizzlies just being completely overwhelmed where it's like a summer league team versus a veteran just juggernaut where it's just the men from the boys and the playoffs are not a good place for young, for young teams. It's just a a bad experience. Um, I have the nets at my 14 spot. Um, did you go up to 14 or 15 when you just rattled those off? I went went up to 14. Okay. So I have the nets at 14 too. Um, who is your 13? Because I think we're going to differ here. The Pacers. Oh, oh, Pacers, I will tell you, you're not going to hear their name called on my end for a little bit. You're not going to hear. Uh, you, you've been high Victor on the Pacers. I, I remember having our, our conversation before the year, and we were talking about, um, I think you and I were discussing the Pacers as like a two or three seed, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. heading Victor into the Oladipo, season. Brogdon, yeah. Um, Sabonis, Mania. For, oh, yeah. For, for me, I think they're most likely... I have a feeling they're going to drop with the regular season. Um, you know, I, I think Philly with a healthy Ben Simmons and um, n- not playing in front of their own crowd, booing them, even though they're like unbeatable at home. Um, who knows? Philly's terrible on the road. So, so maybe this works against them. Um, I, love I that you do Philly, think by the way, because guess who's my number 13, the Philadelphia 76ers. I have okay, all so the way out. Like you could sell me I have on the them much higher. Better. Uh, you could sell me on the Nets having a better chance at making a run in the Sixers. Ben I Simmons just think back. I still don't <sighs> believe it's great. Joel Embiid months off. 
Count me out. I don't think this is going to go well when he comes back. Just, just a guess. A lot of weird team stuff. Keeping that team together in close quarters for weeks on end doesn't seem great. I, I was out on them for the majority of this season. I, uh, I don't think this goes well at all. Like I am, I am t- completely out on them as a realistic contender. And I understand. I love Joel Embiid. Everything about this team and the kind of dynamic they're walking into. Don't see it going well. Just don't. I think they are, are early elimination. I I think that's fair. I do think that I w- I wouldn't have them this low because like I mean we I don't want to like spoil the rest of the rankings, but like for me teams like like okay so, so the Sixers I, I've seen them at their best because I was in Philly right before the All Star break when they beat the Clippers and by all accounts from like Philly people that was you know, maybe the best game they played all season or, or in that conversation. And when this team is clicking, I really think they're see- like, I, I mean, t- to me, like their ceiling might be the fourth highest in the league behind like the two LA teams in Milwaukee. Like, I think they can be at that level, but they also have such a low floor that like the variance night to night, you just don't know what you're getting. But I'm confident that I think they're going to play their way into the four or five matchup. They're probably going to play Miami in the first round. Get their ass and I would, Miami. I would, I would pick them over Miami. Oh, um, going against then I think Jimmy they lose in Milwaukee one? in round two. I, I think they beat Miami. Um, oh, absolutely not. I will. What? Oh, absolutely not. I, I hope that happens because if we could, if I could wager on Miami versus Philly, Spo versus Brett Brown, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and lock that one in. I would. Uh, I have nothing of value to throw out there, but if I could. If I had an extra house, I would put it up as just my to show how confident I am that the Miami Heat with that group and Jimmy and Spo would take it personally and ensure that Philadelphia goes home early. There is zero chance Jimmy Butler is losing to the Sixers. I won't do it. I, I mean, I, I can't believe it. Like, is he not playing in these games? Does he get hurt? There's no way he's allowing it. Bam and Abayo. Oliver Joel for several games? No. Sign me up. I'm uh, I'm buying Philly stock. You really are. What are you doing? What more do you have to see from Ben Simmons and Joel and being Tobias Harris? You want you're gonna want to see how high I have them. I'm, or maybe you're not I'm already disgusted. See. Like um what would you guess their offensive rating is right now? What would you guess? Well, I have offensive ratings in front of my face. Okay. Um seven so, uh, league. It's not good, but look. Post, uh, let's see, post All Star break. <laughs> post All Star break, they were third. Um, I mean, it's a ten game sample, but they're also they five. And, they're also Horford five and five. And uh, be together. Yeah, but to to combat that, they had the twenty fifth best defense. So um, see, nothing ever works all the way right. There, it's just nothing completely clicks. They have a lot of guys I like individually. They just. No. So let, let me make the like my, my Indiana cases. I just think they're probably going to fall into the six and I'm, I'm very high on Boston. Yeah. Um, oh, I as you'll see in my rankings. Um, so to me, it's just, it's more of a casualty. And, and even if they stay at, at five, I think they're going to lose to Miami. So either way, I, I mean, I, I'm, it sounds like you're very high in the Pacers, but I just don't see them to me. They're, even if you want to say that they are indeed the fifth best team in the East, which I think they're the sixth best, 
Um, I just don't see them beating any of those top four seeds. So I'm like, to me, it's just play, again, some of this for me was just kind of playing the odds of like actually getting to the second round. Uh, I think whoever Indiana faces, unless they have like a, a major injury, I'm, I'm going to pick them to lose in round one. So um, I, yeah, I, I have Jeremy Lamb. Am I remembering right before the season? I think, ended? Didn't I he, like, think you're correct. I think you're correct. Yeah, it was like hobbling off. I had this image of him like just painfully hobbling off to shooting. I don't remember the exact injury, but I do. I do remember him hobbling off. Do you know who shoots the least amount of three pointers in the league this year? Is it? I don't. I, I, is it, it is the, the Pacers? Indiana Pacers. Okay. Nate McMillan. I'm to win a series with shooting the least amount of threes. Um, I'm here for it. Um, their youngest guy in their rotation, who would you guess it is? Is it Miles Turner? It is Miles Turner at 23. Okay. That's their youngest good, like their youngest player. Do you know which teams win? Teams that have a 26-year-old TJ Warren, um, Sabonis, Brogdon, who's 27, Jeremy Lamb, who would have been there, he's 27, Victor Oladipo's 27, Justin Holliday's 30, Aaron Holliday's 23, Doug McDermott's 28, TJ McConnell's 27. They're older. Older teams, just, like, they're veterans. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm going to, uh, I've got so many Pacers things that I have to get out, but we'll, we'll get there. Pacers not, are not up for me. So who is your number 12? Uh, my number 12 is the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, we agree. That is where they're at with me, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they do have a shot to move up to six or get into that range. They are a couple games back, uh, so I, I don't think it's likely. I think most likely they're going to be seven, and seven gets you the L.A. Clippers in round one. So um, I do think, you know, I, I've already gone in depth on that series and, and broken it down on The Athletic. Um, I do think Dallas has some matchup problems. The The issue is... The Clippers might be the best equipped team in the league to defend Luka Doncic, and he, he's shot terribly in the season series. Um, they, they really did. Uh, I mean, the Clippers just have so many guys to throw at him, and, and they provide so many looks. So, I mean, they've thrown Kawhi, PG, Pat Beverly. Roddy Magruder has actually defended Luka really well, which is kind of a random one. Um, they, they had Mo Harkless. He's gone now. Um, but they, they really just get into him, dig into him, play almost like if you remember how Ron Artest used to defend Kevin Durant, yeah. you know, really just kind of getting into his hip, playing him physically. Um, and you know, the, the Clippers were just really good. I, I mean, sending him into zoo zoo was pretty big. He, he had a few blocks against Luca. Um, but you know, Luca really is, is trying to, you know, get those step back threes and, and the Clippers, um, you know, are really good at defending that. And they just had a really good game plan of, of you know, let everyone else beat us except for Luca. Um, and then when he did kind of get his shots, a, a lot of times he was forcing things. Um, so, you know, they were, I mean, they only played Dallas twice. So it is, again, a pretty small sample size. Um, but it, it just, you know, I went back, rewatched both games, rewatched all of Luca's possessions with the ball and, uh, the, the Clippers were in sync defensively and, and really disrupted him. So he did still get his. He got to the free throw line a lot because of how physical they were. But he shot, I believe, under 40% from the floor and under 30% on threes. So um, they were disruptive. The, the one guy in that series, to me, that would be the swing factor would, would be Kristaps Porzingis. With the way he's playing, 
the Clippers don't have a great defensive matchup against him. And, and if he's, really you know, dropping 20, like Harrell wouldn't be able to stay with them. And you can't really, and a lot of his value is rebounding, right? Like you don't want Harold always being on the perimeter with Porzingis. So who they actually it? put PG on him. And oh, I think you'd see a lot of PG and Marcus Morris, um, just trying to kind of get into his legs and, yeah. and kind of body him. But, um, but yeah, they, I mean, Paul George up like that in round one, having to bang with Chris Depps for I did. a series. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, D- Dallas to me is, you know, th- they're the seventh to me, they're the seventh team in the West. And, and this yeah. feels about right. But you know what? You finished with the number one offense in basketball this year, Dallas, with Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Hurt, Porzingis, Tim Hardaway, No Powell, Maxi Kleber, Seth Curry, Dylan Wright, Justin Jackson. Shout out to them. Rick Carlisle. Maybe deserves a little bit more coach of the rear, uh, year stuff. Uh, maybe. Number one offense. It's impressive. Like that's all. It's insane. But also, uh, Luka Doncic is an all-time talent. So it would be a shame if a team had a uh, had his rights at one point and then uh, elected to punt on that. <laughs> if only there was a team that would do something that stupid. Uh, but I, I can't think. I, of I love the Hawks slander on this podcast. I hate it so much. I, I just. I hate it so much. Um, who is your number eleven? Uh the Thunder. Um, Ooh, I, again, for me, for me, it's, it's just a, a playing odds factor. And, uh, right now, OKC is in the five seed. I do think there's a decent shot. They slip to six. Um, you know, maybe if, if you don't believe in Denver, you think they can give Denver a shot. If they do stay in the four or five, who knows? Maybe they could beat Utah now, um, that Bogdanovich is out. Denver. I still like both teams better. Like I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but I also think OKC is a team that um, because of their home court, you know, they've been, you know, traditionally through the years, one of the better crowds, one of the better home courts and losing that, I think potentially hurts them where, where this is a team that uh, with Chris Paul and just kind of the character of the team, I could see them stealing one of the first two on the road and then going back to OKC and who knows, maybe going up three, one on someone, but that's kind of gone now. It's a neutral site. And I do think that as one of the better home court teams, this team could be more affected by that. Um, I mean, I, I like them. I, I just also think this is another team that um, as, as much as I love Shea and, you know, I've, I was talking about Shea when he was a Clipper and, um, you and I are you big know, I've, Shea guys. I've, we're, we're big Shea guys, but I, I think, even though this would be a second postseason, this would be his first postseason as like, you know, a number two or number three option on a team, a, a heavily featured guy. And I just think most young guys take their lumps in, in their first or, or second playoff appearance. And to me, I think the level of, of play against the Utah or Denver, um, you know, he did play Golden State last year, but I just think it's it's a different level of, of him being that featured guy. And I, I do it would not surprise me if he struggled a, a little bit, um, you know, wasn't as efficient as, as we've seen him be in the regular season. And that to me is totally normal. And this is just a young, you know, a little somewhat young team. They, they do have some vets, but, um, you know, some of the core like, you know, shade to me is a guy who's, who's going to need to take his lumps a little bit. And, um, you know, going against a, a Joe Ingles um, or a Royce O'Neal for, uh, you know, a majority of a series like that, that could be tough on him. And um, so I, I, you know, I, I, I like. OKC, I like what they're building. I think they have a, a bright future, especially with all these picks they're going to get from the Clippers and the Heat. Um, but I do think 
I, you know, the, the top 10 for me are teams clearly better than OKC in my opinion. So I have them at 11. Okay. I have the Heat at 11. Which, after talking them up in that Sixer series, uh, might seem odd. But the Heat, man. So injuries are a real thing with them. I, I value offense more than I value defense. Um, when it comes to playoff success at this point, I love veterans and I love good offensive teams. Like if you have a lot of vets and you have a lot of offensive skill talent, then I'm going to believe in you more than I believe in other teams. And the heat have a lot of veteran talent. They do not have a lot of offensive talent. I think in a seven game series, the heat are going to run into some real problems. Like they might get matched up with the Celtics in round one. That might happen. Um, if they get matched up with the Sixers, they'll sweep them. Just I'm for you. Um, you really hate the Sixers. I really do. Like I just I need it to go. I need them to finally just blow this thing up because it's it's not going to happen. Um, I'm not the biggest Kendrick Nunn believer. I'm not a believer in Derek Jones getting the minutes that he's going to get. Like Tyler Hero, I'm a big fan of. Um, Andre Guadala, we'll see what that looks like. Jay Crowder, they have a lot of vets that are going to get minutes for them in the playoffs. But um, what does Duncan Robinson look like? in a playoff series does he get his 10 threes a game and does he get clean looks like does that happen does he get that corner three um how does bam Adebayo look when he gets a lot more attention because this is a team that they just scare me in the half court like kind of like the pelicans just a older version of it where they have all the intangibles to just be an elite defensive team but then you look at the numbers and the heat are i want to say yeah they're sixth in offensive rating i don't know how that's possible when you look at it and you're like oh they're an efficient regular season offense like the way they play the way their roles are identified like it does make sense that Dragic being the sixth man and getting his minutes in there that 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 helps having a healthy Dragic is is good for them um Adebayo can't shoot he doesn't shoot threes 0.07 percent from three this year jimmy butler shot 24 percent from three this year and shot two a game those guys play 34 minutes a game justice winslow was doing that um, was shooting uh two a game but duncan robinson gets up eight that's it like the majority of their guys are not getting jacking up threes and with today's landscape i just i worry about the sustainability of the way they play um and not relying on threes and relying on cuts and relying on just these scrappy dudes who are able to draw fouls and play hard defense and score in transition. I just, I don't think that translates well into the postseason. I, I really don't. And I think this is a team that's just going to run into a wall and it's going to be very frustrating. They're going to go down fighting, but I don't, I don't think Duncan Robinson shooting 45% from three in the playoffs. I don't, I, I just, I have real concerns about that. Well, and that's, I think it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, of course, it's going to be his, I believe, first postseason, unless I'm... Who? Because it's technically his second year, but his first postseason, um, at least in You're this type Robinson. of feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and especially um, playing 30 minutes a game where he's a feature well, yeah. part of this offense. But, but you, know, the, you know, he does have the similarities with the kind of Kyle Korver, J.J. Redick types. Yeah. And But one distinction there, for uh, at least in my opinion, is you've seen and i saw it so many years with the clippers but you've even seen it a little bit in philly where jj is schemable because of his size you know he, he's about six four and if you can put a rangy six 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 seven guy 
on him and just say, live in his jersey, follow him around, you know, do not help off him. Just, you know, your only mission tonight is stop this guy from getting clean looks. You can bother JJ. And if you look at some of his playoff numbers every year, there's a bit of a drop off. He isn't as efficient. You know, he'll be 42, 43, 44% in the regular season. And then it comes playoff time. He's 36, 37, 38%. You know, the, the, the volume decreases and he's just not as effective. Kyle Korver is a guy who's kind of been able to still put up similar numbers in the postseason because of his size, because he's a legit six, seven, six, eight. He's harder to, you know, maybe he's just a better shooter, but he's, he's also harder to scheme against because he's so big. Duncan Robinson is a bigger guy, you know, six, 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 seven. So I, or he might even be six, eight. Um, so I do think like, it's going to be interesting to see. He, I think he plays a little bit more mobile like JJ, so, you know, maybe he's somewhere in between those two, but I'm interested to see kind of how easy it is to take him out. Um, and, and again, it's his first postseason, so maybe it's just kind of that first, you know, postseason lumps you, you got to take. But um, I do think he does have more of the, the Corver, you know, size. So I think it is going to be a little bit harder than the, you know, a guy like JJ who, you know, just because he's 6'4", you, you can kind of push him around a little bit, put, put a bigger guy on him. So that's going to be an interesting thing for me, just kind of one of those nerdy wrinkles. Uh, but I, I'm with you. Like, I, I think I, Miami had a t- Myers Leonard who started a bunch of games from this year. Like, can they really survive with Leonard Robinson and none on the floor together for significant stretches? And I just, I don't. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, a lot of the times it, it, like I almost default to which team has the most top end talent in, yeah. in a postseason, And, and look, in a you know a lot of cases, Miami would have two of the three best players in a series, and they're also deep. Um, so like that gives them. But I mean, just looking at like Boston or uh, Toronto, or even for me, Philly, uh, which I know you're out on. Like, I just think those teams have you know like Toronto has Kyle Lowry and, and Pascal Siakam. Uh, you know, Philly has Embiid and Simmons. Uh, Boston, I, I mean, Boston has Tatum and Kemba and. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not as high in Kemba as some people, but I just think those teams can match, um, if not surpass kind of the, the top two guys. And then in some cases have just as much depth, more playoff experience, better. I don't want to say better coaching cause that's not true, but, um, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, Miami to me is like, they're the fifth best team in the East, in my opinion. And if you're the fifth best team in the East, you're probably going to lose in round one. So that that's where, um, you know, if they, if they play Indiana, I would I would pick Miami. But um, if they do play Philly or or one of the top, you know, other top uh, four teams, I would I would go with them. So that's why I have Miami a little bit higher. I have them at nine, but I, I see why you have them at eleven. Who is your number ten? My number ten is Utah, um, and I, I wanted I've, to go lower with them. That's a good one. I like the sneaky Utah being out on Utah because there's not a bigger wild card than I think Utah at this point. Well, so with Utah, I I feel like they're they're always the heartbreak team. Where um, they also lost Bogdan. Yeah, yeah for, so for the past like, I don't even know. It's it's been like three or four years. I feel like they're the nerdy analytic darling. Where you know, on paper, everyone's talking about the Warriors and and, and the Rockets. Um, and and you know, uh, I feel like there, there's been another you know Nuggets or whatever. But like Utah is always the team that rates well analytically and and everybody love, you know, 
Gobert is always kind of underrated and, and people, no one talks about defense and Quinn Snyder is such a good coach and they're always deep and big and um, you know Donovan Mitchell you know a lot of people like him and they added Mike Conley and it's you know Joe Ingles is another like kind of NBA Twitter an- analytic darling but they never you know they always come up short and part of that's been playing the Rockets a couple times and that's just been a, a horrible matchup but Utah always just seems to not meet the potential that everyone thinks, you know, they, they can play at and, and just not really be at that level in the postseason um, the, the past few years. And, and for me, um, I think just kind of with that and, and then you, you add in, like you said, Bogdanovich is out now and he was probably their third best player. And then, you know, third, maybe even second most uh, important offensive player, second or third. Uh, and then you th- look like, the Gobert Mitchell thing, I don't think is going away. Like you had already kind of heard a little bit of some stuff with them before even all of this had happened. Then the COVID thing happens, then it kind of comes out and then they have like a public sort of public kind of, you know, reconciliation. But I wonder like if that's kind of a fixable situation, it seems like they might have to trade one of them in in the off season. So I just think this is a recipe for, um, like Utah potentially going out in the first round. I mean, it depends who they play. I, I think I'd still pick them over OKC, but that's a six or seven game series probably. Right. Um, but if they drop potentially to five, you know, six, maybe six or seven, um, you know, I definitely think that they, they lose to Denver, the Clippers, if they play them in round one. So uh, to me, like they're not a team I'm high on. If you're doing stocks, like their stock is trending down. And yeah, so for me, I, I have them at 10. The Jazz, I I have them a little bit higher because I'm still bullish on some of their guys and just I, I'm still believing in their defense and I'm still a believer in Donovan Mitchell. Um, we're going to see. And just the motivation factor of coming back and getting through all this, I could see them just... It's either going to go one way where they rally around each other or it just implodes. Like It's one or the other. They're not going to have like a very forgettable um, postseason, I don't think. Um, my number 10 is the Raptors. It's probably low, uh, considering wow. what they did. Yep, and part of that is this is an old team, and teams that I worry about this long layoff are the teams like the Raptors, where Pascal was on this great run. He's breaking out. I still don't believe he's a number one on a championship team. I think he's just a really, really awesome number two. Um, I am not a believer in that offense working long term. They're kind of falling back into the Raptors of the DeRozan years where it's like, I love their depth. I like a lot of their vets. I like a lot of their guys. I love Fred Van Fleet. But I just think that this is a team that cannot go the distance. I really, when I'm thinking about who can actually win three or four playoff series, I don't think a team like this Raptors team with the mileage on all their vets with Pascal having to just take over as the new number one there his first postseason as the new number one on this team is going to go all that well. I think it's just going to be a lot of growing pains. I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening of life without Kawhi in a seven game series. I think OG um, has a lot to prove there. Like Norman Powell, it's a good story there, but I am, I'm out on the Raptors being able to win two, maybe even three playoff series. I think they could probably get one, but I am not a believer uh, that this group can make it through the East. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, not with you. Um, I have them a decent amount higher and and that's just because 
with the way the standings are, I think they're they're almost virtually locked into the two seed. Um, they're probably going to play Brooklyn. They're going to play Brooklyn or Orlando, but probably Brooklyn in round one. I think that's an easy four or five game you know series. That, I think then they play Boston, game. and I I do think I think they actually match up well with Boston. Um, I do think. You know, I, I have Boston ahead of them, and and Same. I would favor Boston in, in the series, especially with no home court. But I I just think for Toronto, they are you know outside of I think the two well really outside of the the two LA teams, Milwaukee and Boston, they're my like fifth second round lock. Like I just don't see any way they don't make the second round, and for that I have them higher. Where I think. Some of the other teams I, I have a little bit below them that I actually might think could be better or, or could have a better chance in the playoffs. There's just more variance in the outcomes where some of them, like, for example, you know, De- Denver and Houston, I might, you know, if, if they're playing Toronto, sure, uh, you know, maybe I'd pick one of those over Toronto, but there's a decent chance Denver and Houston play each other in round one. So it's like, yeah. wow, I might like those teams better. Toronto's a shoe in for the second round. One of those two teams might lose in the first round because of who they're playing. So it's just like, I guess my ranking was more, I guess, based on like the probability that they advance in the playoffs. And, and that's where I, I you know, but I'm, I'm with cool, you. Like, I, I think, think Toronto's like been a little process and it just, it goes in different ways. Like just the way we think about the league and how we think about these series. Like it's just different. It's funny that we didn't even consider that we might look at it completely different on that, that front. But that's okay. It, it 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 took us forty five minutes to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> that's why uh, the big bucks. This is where why you get your premium NBA content uh, from Chase and Yovan. <laughs> Who is your number nine? Uh, my number nine was well. My number nine was the Heat. Um, so we, we already discussed them. So I went just a brief recap: the twelve Mavericks, eleven Thunder, ten Jazz nine heat and then number eight the nuggets Ooh. so my i'll, I'll t- well I'll, I'll spoil it for you um seven rockets eight nuggets now the reason i have the rockets ahead of the nuggets is i think the the rockets are a higher variance team mm-hmm. and for me you know again there's a good you know, right now this would be the three six um, so, so both of these teams might be a little bit lower because of the potential of them facing each other. But for me, I think I have a clear picture of the nugget ceiling. Like to me, it's nuggets win round one, play the Clippers in round two and lose that series. Whereas the Rockets, I do think they have a little bit more of a chance against the Clippers because the, the Rockets are the ultimate, like if they get hot, like they can reel off. And again, I'm not a big believer in, in, you know, the going fully small with no center. Like, you know, I just watched the Clippers wax them by 30 points in Houston, you know, playing that way. So, like, I do have plenty of doubts about Houston. Um, I just think, like, to me, they have a good chance to to potentially stretch it to six or seven. Uh, they actually do match up fairly well with the Clippers. You know, the season series went 2-2. Whereas Denver, I, I just think we kind of know what Denver is. Uh, you know, unless MPJ gets to play more and, and kind of has a breakout performance, I, I do think they have a clear ceiling. And that to me is losing to one of the two LA teams. And I just, I don't see a way in which they beat the Clippers. 
to me, that's a five or six game series. And uh, again, you know, for me, this was a lot of like probability of, of how far they advance. I don't see Denver getting past the second round. Houston, I can see them making the finals. Like I, I know I don't think it's a likely, but Houston to me has that type of ceiling of this team, just their style of play. You know, they actually have played the Lakers and Clippers fairly well in the regular season. Um, you know, beaten both teams multiple times. Um, you know, and and have matched up well against them. Present some problems on the perimeter for both teams. So to me. You know, I don't think Houston does that, but I think they have a better chance than Denver does. I, I just don't see it happening with Denver. Hmm. Denver, I have higher than this. I Denver's interesting because Denver. I'll just go ahead and tell you, Denver's six for me. Um, they're a little bit higher. Okay. Up. Denver. These kind of teams where when I look at the Raptors and I like, we love their depth. We, we like certain teams depth. we like the heat's depth. I like the combination more with the nuggets of their depth with their top in town, because I am a big Jokic guy, but I also think Jamal Murray is like someone who's always going to be better in the postseason than he is in the regular season. That's just something my, I, I just think's happening. Um, and I think we'll see a lot of big shots from Jamal Murray. Um, Gary Harris. I just, I still don't know what happened to the shot and what happened there, but Michael Porter Jr. is going to get some time. He's going to be in there as a wild card. You have Jerry and Grant. You have Yvette and Paul Millsap. You have Monty Morris is like one of my favorite backup guards, and he should hopefully keep playing even though they do weird stuff like sign Isaiah Thomas and temporarily put him above him for reasons I still will never understand. But um, I like the fact this goes back to the Pacer stuff too, is that they'll never have a bad player on the floor, and that's huge in the playoffs, and they can shrink the rotation to a point where when they have their eight or nine, like all of those eight or nine are just really, really good basketball players who are mostly veterans um, or stars or potential all-stars, things like that. So I trust the Nuggets more than I do the Jazz, who are seven on my list. I trust them more than the Thunder, who are number nine on my list. And I trust them more than the Pacers, who are number eight. So there you go. That's how high I can go in the Pacers without it just being too homerish. Um, I can't go above that. I can't make the case past number eight for them. But... Um, yeah, I think of that group of like the the teams that you kind of like on their death because I think those four teams belong together in that the Nuggets, Jazz, Pacers, Thunder have vets who can win. You have the Victor Oladipo has shown something. You have CP3 has shown something. You have um, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert who have shown things in the playoffs. Like losing Bogdan really, really hurts the Jazz because when you look at their lineups and especially their three-man lineups, like the, the ones that included Bogdan were just awesome. And um, there's weird stuff with Ingles and whether or not he's starting and what happens to Mike Conley, and he hasn't been good for them. But the Nuggets of that group, I think these are they're the best non-contender. And I don't know if that's going to piss off Nuggets fans, but like I think they're the best non-contender because everyone up until this point, I don't believe, can actually win the championship. I just think the case for them is the best of the non-contenders. They're the king of the non-contenders is what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, I, I respect that. Um, I think my, well, I, I guess technically my, my best of the non-contenders was the Raptors, but again, that was me factoring Which in. So, so I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll wrap up my, yeah. my 10 through, I'll go 10 to five because I, I think the top four is where things get interesting, but oh, see, I, I ten, five is interesting. And there's a team that I hope you notice. I have not mentioned yet that you've already mentioned that made it in my top five. It's like the lottery odds. I like this. Okay. So I, I know who you're talking about. Uh, I, I have 10 jazz, uh, nine heat, 
eight Nuggets, seven Rockets. I have six Sixers and five Raptors. Six um, Sixers is preposterous, and I will never allow you back on this podcast for this Sixers six stuff. Can't do so it. my I, I was torn on where to put the Sixers. Um I, I think this is probably their ceiling. Um, like, you know, I, 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 as I said earlier, I think their ceiling could be as high as five. Um, but six felt like I just, I think looking at the schedules and looking at the way I think things are going to play out, I do have a feeling they're going to go up to the four or five. And to me, I would favor them over Miami. Um, so I, I just think, you know, if they end up staying at six and play Boston, like, yeah, I mean, I think that'll actually be a competitive series, but I would pick Boston, um, so I, again, I just felt like it was hard for me to s- suss out Houston and Denver and, and what seed they're going to be and what happens if they face each other and, and who's more likely to make it out of the second round where Toronto to me clearly is making the second round and, um, you know, Philly to me, I, I think is trending towards probably making the second round. So, um, I just played the odds, but I, I would probably put, I do think Houston and Denver as constituted, are better and more reliable teams in Philly. Again, this to me was just an exercise of like, who's most likely to advance if I'm ranking the teams. So that's why I put Phil. Um, but yeah, so my, my five is, is Toronto, which to me is the last second round lock. And then you can guess my top four uh, based on who's remaining. That's fair. That's fair. Um, my number five, the Boston Celtics. Interesting. They're in the top five. I think they actually do have a realistic shot of doing something crazy um, and winning the title. Like I, I'm a huge Jason Tatum guy, and I think he has absolutely made the leap this year. His sidestep three is like my favorite shot in basketball right now. Um, they're deep. They are coached well. They have the right recipe for playoff success where – I love the fact that they can go six or seven and those six or seven are all extremely top end guys. Like they're fifth in offense, fourth in defense. That's title contention status. You have the guys who you can just cut out of the rotation. Like you don't need to play Enos Canner anymore. You don't like Tice will get his minutes, but like the semi-ogelays of the world, the Brad Wanamakers, they're out. Don't have to do those anymore. Those guys are out of the rotation, which is good. What you can do now is you just go Tatum, Jalen, Gordon Hayward, Mark Smart, Kemba, Tyson, one other guy for a little bit. That is um, that is good stuff because Tatum shot forty percent from three. He shot seven. Jalen Brown's three pointers back like he shot thirty eight percent and he was averaging twenty to six and five. Um, you have Kemba who's shooting thirty seven percent from three, averaging twenty one a night. Like Marcus Smart was even averaging league average from deep in thirty five percent. Like. This is a team that is going to shrink the rotation big time and may benefit the most of anyone in the NBA because at that moment, they're just playing five young, really great players and Hayward's still getting the off the bench role. Like I, I really believe in the way the Celtics are built for a deep playoff run. I think they are going to be a pain in the ass, but I also just think they're all good. I I'm so you know, I, I don't really want to, well, we could just say, I, I actually had, so Boston was my number four team. Okay. Um, so they, to me are, um, 
not only the favorite to make the conference finals on the other side of the bracket from Milwaukee, despite being the three seed, um, I actually think they have a, a decent shot to push Milwaukee to, you know, six, seven games and, and maybe even make the finals. Um, you know, I saw, uh, again, you know, I, I have some bias in, in games I've seen, you know, in the Clippers play, but, you know, they had that, they played the Clippers amazing twice. I actually think Boston is the team that matches up best with the Clippers. And if they met in the finals, you know, I'd still, I'd pick the Clippers, but I would not feel great about it with the way Boston's played them. Um, you know, I've gone to three overtimes across the, the, the two games and, um, you know, just, I, I'm with you. Like they go, they can go small. Um, you know, I really like Tice, um, as like a, you know, sort of kind of hybrid small ball center. Uh, but you could obviously go with, you know, the, the, the Tatum Brown Hayward front court Tatum has become, you know, to me, a, a top 20 guy, but you know, on a given night could be top 15 and, and even like kind of encroaching on that top 10. Um, you know, uh, I think that they're, they're switchable, um, you know, as we've seen with with teams like the Warriors and and the Raptors and, and the Rockets in recent years, when you have, you know, multiple switchable wings in that kind of six, four to six, nine range, um, it really makes it, you know, difficult to to, you know, match up with. And, and then on the other end, you're, you're very switchable defensively. And, and, you know, I'm just thinking about. Um, how easy they can go from Marcus Smart to Jalen Brown to Jason Tatum um, uh, in certain matchups, you know, Gordon Hayward, um, uh, you know, on and on down the list. So Boston to me is, um, you know, they're one of the only teams in the league that's top five in offense and defense. Um, And, you know, they they have a contender profile. Like the only thing against them is that they are pretty young. uh, But some of this group is the same group that made the conference finals a couple years ago when no one thought they were going to. So I would not be shocked by that. Um, And I would not be shocked if they, if they beat Milwaukee, especially now that, um, you know, I'm, you know, spoiler alert. I I think Milwaukee losing home court is really going to affect them potentially more so than any other team in the league. Um, You know, I've been to games at um, the Fizzler forum and, uh, you know, they have one of the best crowds in the league. They feed off that crowd they are dominant at home and I think losing that is going to potentially affect them. And, you know, I, I could see in a neutral site, Boston potentially, you know, playing them even or, or beating them. So, um, yeah, I'm very high on Boston. I have them at four, but, um, you know, I, I have their arrow pointed, you know, up to, to, you know, potentially, who knows, potentially even winning the title. Like, I, I really think Boston has that potential. So, um, I'm very high on the Celtics. Yeah. Well, I've got some even better news for you, Yvonne. I'm about to- I know who your four is then. No, you don't. I'm, I'm, Maybe not. I'm, I, I I'm don't waiting. think so. I, 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 I could be wrong, but I don't think you're going to believe it. Um, there is an East Coast bias on my end, so this is going to play into this. My number four is the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow. They are Tell the me. best East team. I think they're going to make the finals. I just happen to believe that there are three teams in the West, specifically two for sure, but at least two, and then one as the wild card who I've not gotten to yet. Um, Bucks are awesome. Giannis is awesome. Like I said, they're going to be in the finals. But I 
I just I worry about teams like Milwaukee where it is so dependent on their role players around Giannis. Like Giannis is going to get his. Giannis doesn't shoot threes, but he gets to the line. He does everything else to such an insane degree that it doesn't it doesn't matter. However, am I supposed to believe in Eric Bledsoe again? Am I supposed to believe that because he's had a good regular season that he's not going to fall off a cliff this postseason? Am I supposed to believe in George Hill in the year of 2020? Am I supposed to believe in Brooke Lopez in the year of 2020? Am I supposed to believe in Dante DiVincenzo getting consistent minutes? Like, Mike Budenholzer loves his vets. He's going to have some weird rotations as Wesley Matthews is going to shoot him out of a game. Like, I love Chris Middleton. Can you rely on him? I, I think they're going to be fine getting through the, the Eastern Conference. But when they get in a seven-game series with this group, I just worry about what it looks like with the the final three teams on my list because I don't think that they can actually stack up. I don't think they can handle a Kawhi Paul George if they're healthy. healthy. I don't think they can handle LeBron James and Anthony Anthony Davis if they're healthy. And there's one other team I don't think they can handle if they're healthy. Um, That team, who do you think it is, Yovan? Well, if if I've been able to keep track of your teams, um, that would leave the Houston Rockets. Yes, I have the Houston Rockets above the the Milwaukee Bucks, likely NBA. So I wasn't sure if I was putting Houston too high because I had Houston at seven, which technically made them the third West team. I I had them third West, obviously lower than than you have them. But I just had the... You're not going to forgive my Sixers pick, but I just had Bucks, Celtics, Raptors because I, I've, you know, I'm well. The Bucks are the Bucks. So I don't need to explain that. But Celtics, Raptors to me were like the shoe-ins for for round two, and probably Boston round three. Um, Houston to me was just a, a high variance team uh, again, as I said, where I could see them making the finals. I could see them losing in round one. Um, but I'm so I'm guessing you have them third. I have them second. Wow. Um, quickly, I'll. Before we get to Houston, I just wanted to wrap up Milwaukee. Um, I'm with you all the way. Like I've never, I've, I haven't been the biggest Milwaukee guy. Um, I have them third, uh, so I have the two LA teams ahead of them. What I will say with Milwaukee that I think is a slight difference because I think there are some similarities with say like that 2009 Cavs team mm-hmm. um, and that even 2010 Cavs team where like you know, very dominant in the regular season have won like, you know, super freak MVP in their prime. And uh, like, I do think there, there's some like when we look back at it, it's like that Cleveland team, the second best player was Mo Williams. And while he was an all-star for a couple of years and like, you know, 20 point, you know, efficient scorer, you're like, it's Mo Williams as your second best player. Like he's probably a number four at best on like a championship team um, where you look at this Milwaukee team, like I actually think Chris Middleton's really underrated to me. He's a, he's a top 25 guy. He's probably the, the guy in the top 25. We just never talk about. Yeah. Um, like he, he's, he's a top five two way wing. Um, he's not you know, Scotty, but he's really good. He's not Scotty, but, but I like he, to me, he's, he's on that cusp of like a two, three in terms of like, I don't know if he could be a number two on a championship team, but I think he's at that cusp. Like yeah, he's for he's sure, I think can be a number three, um, it, almost like to me, like a clay where like yeah. clay, I think has sometimes been kind of characterized as number two, but I think most smart NBA people would 
say Draymond was number two, and this is of course pre KD coming, but like that, you know, the, the 2015 team and 2016 team, like Draymond really was, I think the second best and most important player. Clay got more of the attention, more of the, more of the accolades, but you know, it, it really was like Draymond and Steph were what made the Warriors the Warriors. Then Clay is just the ultimate third banana. Um, so I, I think Chris Middleton's kind of in a similar thing where like, he could be the number two, but he's probably a little overtaxed. I'd be more comfortable with him as a three. Uh, but I'm with you on the other guys. Like, I don't know how much confidence I have in them. Um, you know, we see this year after year. There's always teams that in the regular season, everything's great. And then it comes playoff times. The role players don't shoot as well. They don't play as well. Now, the one thing I think I like about Milwaukee more than, say, those Cleveland teams or some of the other, you know, maybe even some of the Rockets teams, you know, pre CP3, um, where it was like James Harden and a bunch of role players, is this team, I do believe in their defense. And that's why, again, like I'm with you, I think they, they almost certainly make the finals. Um, I, I think Boston has a chance to disrupt them, but I, I would pick them to make the finals. Uh, but, but Milwaukee is big and long. And, you know, across like George Hill and Eric Bledsoe, you know, really good point guard defenders um, that you go on and on on the list. You know, Giannis might be the defensive player of the year. Chris Middleton is, is six, eight. Uh, Brooke Lopez is a defensive player of the year candidate as well. Um, and is a big seven foot one. Um, and, and just, you know, down the list of, of their, you know, Wesley Matthews is, is a, you know, a solid, you know, can defend the two or, or the three. Like they have Corver defensive pieces. What? Marvin Williams, Corver, like they are playing. You're like, I don't know if I want them playing in the finals. And I think Boone that's true. Play them. Uh, I Do just you believe I, shooting 48% in the playoffs. No, 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 no. Um, and that's why, I, I mean, I, I would pick, that's why they're my third, despite being statistically clearly the best team in the league yeah. and actually having one of the best regular seasons of all time. Like this team, they're, they're three for me. I have the two LA teams, one, two, but I'm interested to see. So you, you said Houston's two. So which LA team do you have third then? This pains me, Yovan. I, I, I think I know. Third. Okay. I've been pro Clippers all year long. I'm a pro Clippers guy. You know this. I want to put them one. I really, really do. The Paul George stuff, I cannot shake. I cannot shake being nervous about Paul George for an entire playoff run. We haven't seen it yet. Like, we have not seen Paul George go through a long playoff stretch of basketball. It hasn't happened. It is terrifying to think about betting on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George being completely healthy for every other night of basketball for a three-month stretch. That is what we're looking at with these two. I don't know it's sustainable. I don't. And they need both to win the championship. They just... They need both. And I'm not sure the Clippers are going to be able to get both from Paul George and Kawhi for the entirety of this postseason. I know the Lakers will with AD and LeBron. I'm not convinced the Clippers can. I think the Clippers are a better team. I think the Clippers, in just a random one-game sample, if I had to pick, like, they swept the Lakers in the regular season, correct? Like, they, they were the better team. I think over the course of a long playoff stretch where they're playing a lot of basketball, I favor the Lakers more than I do them. And that's also why I have the Rockets ahead of them. I would, There is no way in hell I would pick the Rockets as anywhere near this level under any other circumstances than 
Mike D'Antoni style, and a three-month <laughs> just gauntlet, where if James Harden's in ridiculous shape like he looks like he is in, Russell Westbrook in ridiculous shape and no longer shooting threes, you look at the numbers with him, Rocco, and uh, Harden on the floor together in a limited sample this year, 100 minutes before the stuff went haywire. They had 111 offensive rating, 100 defense, plus 11. That's their new big three. No Capel. They're going strictly small. They're just going to run and run and run. Rockets are number two in offense this year. People forget that. Like, it's not like they just have had this terrible season. Like, 40 and 24. Defense is 15th. Still top end if they need it. They can turn it on more if they want to. I, I really believe the Rockets have this path to just annoying the shut up people, running people out of the gym, getting hot for two months and winning the title. I think that's a realistic possibility. Like, I cannot believe I'm doing this, but a James Harden revenge tour in Orlando with Westbrook only just cutting and annoying all the out of shape players around him would not surprise me. Rocco being a pain in the ass house, Eric Gordon getting healthy and not shooting 30%. Like they're the number two offense and Eric Gordon's been bad all year. I I'm in. I, I would not be surprised at all if the Rockets win the title this year. I'm saying it right now. Um, so, I mean, since we're, I guess we're, we're doing our, you basically did your top three. I have to explain um, the three if I'm going to do this. I have to explain. No. If I mention the Clippers three, I feel like I have to explain like why the Rockets are two and the Lakers are one. I The Lakers obviously are one here. My, my argument. So, yeah. So I had, I have the Rockets at seven and then I, I have the, the Bucks at three, the Lakers at two and the Clippers at one. Um, I think the Clippers had finally figured it out. Um, so if you look at, I mean, overall for the season, they had the third best net rating be, behind the Bucks and the Lakers, but the Clippers were the team, you know, they, they lost the third most games to injuries this season and the two teams, at least for like the top 11 in the rotation, which is really all that matters, like the back end guys don't really matter. And the two teams, the only two teams that lost more games were the Warriors and the Pistons, who are two of the worst teams in the league. So among the actual contenders and good teams, no team had lost more games to injury than the Clippers. And I think for them to still be the two seed, have the third best net rating, and most importantly, they were really clicking post All-Star break. They had an 11.5 net rating, which was almost double the second place Lakers. Um, you know, th- they had gone seven and two. They had waxed the Nuggets and the Rockets. And, and that's, that's to me, like, I actually was kind of concerned of how they would match up for the Rockets. And I know it's one game and the Rockets were already up 2-1 in the season series, but they went into Houston and just kicked the Rockets' ass. They stayed big. And that was really kind of what what surprised me was on paper, you would think Clippers actually could go small against Houston, go with like Marcus Morris at the five or even PG or Kawhi at the five, go a bunch of guards and wings and try to beat Houston at their own game. They stayed big and Trez and Zubats, I think they combined for something like 30 points and 20 rebounds. They just killed the Rockets inside, pick and rolled them to death and they had no answer for their centers. Uh, and then they just hid their centers on, on P.J. Tucker. They did this weird switching scheme where they'd almost switch as the guy was going up to set the screen. So they were kind of like pre-switching. And they handled it really well. So, again, that's, that's one game, and, and you don't want to base everything off of that. But I think from seeing 
the the Clippers the season. Of course, I, I have some bias as, as someone who's seen every game. Um, you know, when healthy, this team, in, in my opinion, is as good as as any team in the league. Um, and I, I just think I think there is some concern with Paul George, as you said. I don't think he's been as bad as you know. Pe- people act like Paul, you know. There's a portion of Twitter that acts like Paul George is washed up when he's basically been averaging 22, four and four on under 30 minutes a game. Um, but to, to me, I think you can make a similar case about the raw. I mean, there's concern with this team durability wise, and if this team doesn't reach their potential, I think durability will potentially play a, a role in that. But you can make the case similarly for Houston that. James Harden and Russell Westbrook, in my opinion, continually come up small in the postseason. And if you look at their numbers, they tend to be way less efficient. Um, you know, we've had we've probably had the James Harden argument before, but like he doesn't, re- you know, he, he is someone who tends to perform worse in the postseason. Now, maybe Russ helps him with that, but I, you know, and basically, I'm at the point with James Harden of like you need to have a really good postseason where you. And I know he's made the conference finals multiple times, but it, you know, a lot of his numbers decrease and, and maybe that's just because he's so good in the regular season. But, you know, I felt like in 2018, Chris Paul was their best player, not James Harden in, in the postseason. And once he went out against the Warriors, it was just over. So I don't know. I, I'm at the point with James where I want to see it. And, and if he can prove me wrong, then I, I will go back to believing in him. But I, I don't have faith in him in the postseason. I I've, don't have faith in Russ for sure in the postseason. Um, I'm with you, though, in the in the sense of like, Houston, to me, I mean, I have them as the third best team in the West. I have them potentially making the finals if everything goes right. I just have my concerns. With Lakers-Clippers, I just think the Clippers have more depth. Um, I do think, like, maybe I'm overthinking it, and LeBron and AD are are Kobe Shaq 2.0, and they're just that good. But to me, my question with the Lakers is, who's your third guy? And, you know, who's your fourth guy? Like, are are you really telling me, this team's going to be relying on Danny Green and, and Avery Bradley and KCP as like their Kuzma third, did. fourth, and fifth scores. Kyle Kuzma, like, I mean, you go you go to the other side. It's it's Lou Williams, it's Montrezl Harrell, it's Marcus Morris. Um, I have much more faith in those guys. I've seen them do it in the playoffs. You know, I've so seen Trez and Lou. You, who is the final eight? Who does Doc shrink to? Who does he turn to? Who's out of the rotation? And who's in? Like, is Zubac even playing still? Is he getting the spot start? I think it's mat- it's matchup it's matchup by matchup. It wouldn't surprise me if they went Jermichael Green like they did against Golden State and, and mm. bench Zubots. Um, I think most likely it, it's the starting five, which is Zubots, Morris, Kawhi, PG, and Pat Bev, and then probably Lou, Trez, and Jermichael, and then you probably cut Shamit and Reggie Jackson from the rotation. Um, I do think the Clippers like will probably go nine or like eight and a half. But um, I, I think it'll, it'll depend. Like maybe against Houston, they, they cut out Zubats, go Jermichael, and then play like Shamit or Jackson. Uh, Shamit's been the guy who's kind of been cut. Uh, he's kind of been the 10th guy. Uh, Reggie Jackson's played out of his mind for them. I, I have my doubts about that. I don't think that's going to keep up. But I just think for the, for the Clippers, like they, they have so many weapons. And, I, you know, there is a point of diminishing returns where, you know, there's one basketball. You can't have five guys going off every night but i just think it afford it's a luxury that affords them of if paul george struggles or if lou williams struggles you have montrez harrell you have marcus morris you you have even a reggie jackson hypothetically that like can step up and and, and that's why this team i mean 
offensively, you know, second best offense post all-star break, um, fifth best defense. Like they've been a, a top five team on both ends for most of the season. And I, I just, I have a little bit more faith in their supporting cast than the Lakers. Now that said, LeBron and AD are the best duo in the league. Maybe that matters more. You know, maybe they're just unstoppable and, and they won the title. But um, right now, I'd, I'd put the Clippers slightly ahead of the Lakers. Hmm. If you had to guess, though, gun to your head, Yevon, how many playoff games does he, does Paul George play? Does he even sit out in some games? Do they do they how do they conserve him and Kawhi? Do you think that they rest in, in a playoff series? Uh. Well, I'll say so. I, I think the, the important distinction here with Paul George is the the pre and post injury because pre injury he did have two conference final runs, so we have we have seen him go deep in the playoffs before, but we have not seen it post injury. He, right. He's had four first round exits, so I don't know. I mean, it has been a a stop and start thing all season with him. He's never been fully healthy. Um, and that's my. Thing. I mean, it's it's fascinating with Kawhi. Of, of uh, you know, if there's a back to back in mean, the regular season, the Clippers are kind of have the, the inside track on the two seeds. So I don't know. Maybe if there's a back to back in the regular season, they do rest Kawhi and and you know one of one of those eight games, and and that's is what it is. But if it's the playoffs, I think they're gonna have to try and play through it. Um, I, I you know I, I know the, the Clippers have been a very cautious team. They're, they're you know their team load management, but. The postseason is the postseason, and then this window might be shorter. You know, this team went all in for these two guys. This window might be shorter than we think it is. You know, they're, they're free agents. Well, who knows when the next offseason is going to be? But they're, they're supposed to be free agents in about you know twelve, you know twelve thirteen months. Um, you know, this could be a two year thing, and if it's a two year thing, the Clippers are going to want to maximize that. So. I I fully expect them to play. I, I don't. You know, I'd be surprised if they rested in the postseason. Um, maybe they rest in the regular season, but in a way, like I think this is what kind of makes the Clippers wild cards. Is the rest could be great for them. Like we saw what the rest did for LeBron and AD heading into the season of, of having you know six months off, you know, missing the playoffs. I think there's a chance the rest really helps the Clippers because you know they were banged up to start the year and never really got that off season rest. I think having three, three and a half months off could actually do wonders for them. Uh, but who knows? Maybe it goes the other way. They're rusty and or, or they get injured. I don't know. But this team, to me, if healthy, is as good as and as deep as any team in the league. And, and that's why, to me, I, I would make them the favorite. Mm. I, don't think I also think it helps them not having like the, the Lakers and the, the Bucks had home court advantage over the Clippers. And that was going to be a factor. The Lakers were probably going to have home court advantage for all seven games. Milwaukee, like I said, has a really good home court. Now that's gone. You know, not playing in front of fans. Like, there's not going to be Laker fans at Clipper games trolling the Clippers. They don't have to go to Milwaukee to to, to try and win that series. Like, they're playing on a neutral site with no fans. I actually think that probably evens it out a little bit in, in their favor. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I hate doing it. Like, I just, I can't. Whenever I think, like, just parcel out how I think the next three months are going to go. Kawhi and Paul George just being healthy throughout all of it just doesn't seem right to me. It just doesn't. I can't shake it. I want to shake it. I want Kawhi to go back to back, but I just feel like LeBron and AD. I also think they've been like (laughs) conspiracy chase. Um, LeBron and AD have been, uh, and the Lakers have been staying active as a team. I, I think 
that would be uh, a fair guess is that uh, LeBron will be coming ready uh, to training camp this month and that uh, the Lakers will not miss a beat and that LeBron on a mission because he's just been so adamant about making sure we finish this season with so much riding on AD just getting like they need a really good run with him because he still can do whatever he wants after this year. Um, they're going to do everything they can to win. And the safest bet in my mind is the Lakers. And uh, I don't know. It, it It's the safest bet. I think the Clippers are the best team and I think the Lakers are the best odds. It's very strange. And then you have the Rockets just being the wild card where like D'Antoni playing 40 minutes of Harden, Gordon, um, Covington, PJ Tucker, and uh, Westbrook. I could see that winning for two months. Like that makes sense to me. I could see that being a, just ridiculous and those guys being exhausted at the end of it, but just all being in crazy good shape and making it work. That would not surprise me whatsoever. The numbers with Tucker and those five on the floor together and the three men lineups with those guys are all great. Cause guess what? You're not going to play Macklemore that much. You're not going to play Austin rivers that much. You're not Capella was actually turning into a negative this season for them. There's a run there. And, um, that's, that's why I have my three. I think no matter what, I would be stunned if it's not a Western Conference team winning the finals. Can we? I think we can agree on that, right? Like it would be stunning if it was not a Western Conference team. Um, I I could see the Bucks winning the title. Like I I don't like so, I don't know. So, uh, there's part of me and the you know people. Some people have tried to make the comparison of the Bucks to the Warriors, like the the first Warriors title. And while I don't necessarily agree with that, I do think that sometimes the answer is just staring at us right in the face. And while we we do sometimes see these kind of like fluky, dominant regular season teams who we all have, you know, some level of skepticism for, this team has a 10.7 net rating. And the, the list of teams that have that almost are exclusively champions. And uh, again, you know they are playing in a watered down East, and and you know you see the the seven and like to me looking at the seven and eight like Brooklyn Orlando in the East, I mean where would they rank in the West like thirteen fourteen like I, I'd put them pretty damn low in the West if you were kind of switching conferences. So the the East is watered down, and I think that's that's helped Milwaukee kind of pad their their record and and some of their statistics, but it is still hard to put up that level of dominance night in and night out. And, you know, so, so again, I, I would, I would be, I'd say I'd be surprised if one of the two LA teams didn't win. Cause those two to me have just been the best two all season, but Milwaukee is so good. It's like, should we really be that surprised if it, you know, the, the best team in, in the league has wins the title? Like yes. maybe they're not conventional, <laughs> but wait, well, I was going to make a point for you though, a, a pro Houston point. That right. I, I think kind of speaks to to what you're t- some of the stuff you're talking about is this team also has a lot at stake because if they flame out in in the in round one and maybe even in round two but we're, you know definitely in round one this thing could blow up at the seams where you know you, you have Mike D'Antoni who's an expiring coach and you know it almost feels like the last dance where. Um, you know, uh, they, they didn't come out and he's say he, he's year, yeah. done, but it, it's, it almost feels like they would have to be, they'd have to like make the conference finals and like upset, like 
one of the LA teams in round two where it would be like, okay, like Houston did something this year. And even if they don't get further than they've gone in the past, like I think beating the Lakers or, you know, beating whoever in round one, then beating the Lakers or Clippers in round two, making the conference finals, like that would, you'd feel like Houston accomplished something, especially because they're probably going to be a five or six seed. So that maybe saves D'Antoni's job. But, but barring that, or, or you, you know, obviously further, this, by the way, um, yeah, no, I, I, I was going to say like, they have so much on the line, like, you know, yeah. hard, you know, what's going to happen with Harden, what the, the, the Russ bet. I also think you have people like me criticizing Harden and Russ's playoff resume and in what they've done. They're sick of hearing that. You know, D'Antoni's right. heard nothing but that his entire career. Maury's heard nothing but that. You, you have the whole China situation that started at the beginning of the year. Like, Houston has a lot on the line. They might be as desperate as, as any team in the league. Like, you know, even the like Lakers and Clippers at least have another year of this. Houston might not. Houston might be done after this year. So... There's a level of desperation and hunger that I think this team has that you, you can't really count out. Um, and, you know, I, I, so to me, like, the, yeah, Andy Reid energy. There's some Andy Reid energy with the Houston Rockets. And, and that to me, you know, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter until it does. And, and who knows? Maybe on a neutral site, um, you know, Houston hasn't always had a great home crowd. So they're not necessarily going to miss that. Um, but them playing neutral site, you know, in this weird bubble, like who knows what Daryl Morey has planned for it. Uh, so I, I would say Houston is a dark horse. Um, you're higher on them than I am, but I, I still have them as my number three in the West. And uh, I think they have a shot to make the conference finals They're gonna for sure. Five or six guys. And the number early returns when they went small are insane. Like, so just this five-man lineup of Tucker, Westbrook, Gordon, um, House Jr., and uh, Macklemore. 130 offensive rating, 97 defensive rating. The other one that's just crazy. 92 defensive rating when, the, when they had P.J. Tucker, Westbrook, Gordon, Harden, and Cummington. I don't look at the defensive issues this year because a lot of it did not include those five on the court together. And Covington, I think, just makes a huge difference. And Tucker is just ridiculous at the five for them. Their offense explodes with these five on the court together. And if you throw in House in there, not much of a drop. You throw in Macklemore, not much of a drop. And then you have the defense that just is so good when you have Tucker and Covington on the floor together that it limits whatever problems you have with Harden. Like... Though that's what they're going to do. Dan Tony, this is a last ride situation. Like he is really going to play those six or seven guys and that's it. And he's going to go down with those six or seven and the numbers with them on the floor are just strong. And I believe in them. When you watch them, you're like, Oh, I can see how they could just dominate for two months and then just be completely gassed. And it's all over. I'm making the case. It's happening. Yeah. Dan Tony getting, Look, I, I'm... getting his way after all of this. I would love it. Love Dan Tony and him getting a championship would be before it's all over would, would, would be great. And also Rockets fans would be the most inseparable on planet earth for the next 20 years. And just NBA fans having to deal with Westbrook and Harden as NBA champions would just very, very tasty in my opinion. I, I think what, one thing I'll, I'll add to that is the, they could be another benefactor of the rest because yeah i think you know 
it is physically grueling for PJ Tucker and Robert Covington to exclusively play the five and the four. Um, you know, cause I do think schematically one of the, the potential weaknesses, it's not even, I mean, it, it has bore itself out. Like the rebounding is a concern and, and just, you know, playing that small, the one way to attack that is just attack the offensive glass, you know, especially if you're a team that is like, you know, has like a seven footer and like a six ten power forward and is a good offensive rebounding team. Like that that's where the, the Lakers matchup is fascinating because as we mentioned, like they have so many perimeter threats to attack the Lakers, but the Lakers are, you know, they're putting AD and JaVale, like they're gonna get a bunch of offensive rebounds against this, you know, small front court. So I think having a break, yeah, you know, like it almost felt like PJ Tucker and Robert Covington were a little tired from playing that way, you know, for so long. But they have a break now. They've had a chance maybe to, I don't know, strengthen their legs, strengthen their cores. I mean, P.J. Tucker is already pretty strong, but kind of mentally prepare for that beating and kind of, you know, scheme for it. And just, I think, you know, having, I don't know, I just think having that kind of break could be good for them because it is a switch for both guys. Like we've seen them play small before. But never exclusively. Like PJ Tucker's never exclusively been a five. Maybe going back to like high school or something. But um, I, I just think now that they know what you know they're, they're dealing with, they had that break. They had a chance to kind of get their mind and, and body right. I, I could see it potentially, you know, kind of working out. Um, who knows? You know, maybe they uncork Tyson Chandler for a little bit. Uh, you know, people forget he's on the team. Um, but. Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm not as high on them as you are, but I do see the potential. Uh, again, I think they're the there's only three teams in the West that can make the finals, in my opinion. They're one of the three, um, so I, I am very fascinated to see how it plays out. There we go. Well, I think we can end it there, Yovan. This has been great. That was a marathon, just like the it was. playoffs is going to be for um, all the 22 teams. Well, not all of them because some of them will not even get in, but. Um, I'm excited. I'm just excited we can actually talk about basketball again, and that that is something that will be happening very shortly. Yovan, is something you would like to share before we got out of here? Yeah, just uh, to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha, J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A, and check out my work on The Athletic. I just had a story on Joakim Noah go up today. Um, detailing his recovery from his Achilles injury that he suffered in the fall. He was supposed to sign with the Clippers, was going to be their kind of 14th, 15th guy, had this freak uh, you know, injury with a, a steel ice bath, sliced his Achilles, was out for six months, then signed with the Clippers, and two days into signing with the Clippers, uh, you know, COVID happens, Rudy Gobert tests positive, the NBA is postponed. So really two setbacks for Joakim Noah in a, in a span of six months. So talking to him just about his mindset, where he's at at this stage of his career. Um, you know, some people have talked about how he wasn't the best mentor in New York, but, you know, went to Memphis last season and by all accounts was a really good mentor, is ready to mentor the Clippers bigs in Avita Zubats and Montrez Harrell. So, um, fun conversation, you know, he, he's a really fun interview, um, and, and he hasn't done an interview in like almost a year. So it was cool to talk to him and, and kind of update everybody on what he's doing. Um, so you should check that out on the athletic. All right, go do that. Yovan, keep up the great work, sir. Stay safe. And, uh, we will talk again soon. 
Yes, sir. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.